0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red X podcast, the best place for real estate professionals to discover tips, scripts, habits, and hacks from top performing agents, coaches, and industry leaders. Like today's guest, uh, my name is Andrew and I'm super excited for who we have on today. We've got Alex Piok who's a real estate agent uh, and advisor and, and team lead from with eXp Realty from the Dallas, Texas market. Alex, I hope I got all that right. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, yeah, you nailed it. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks for being here. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a bunch of different things. We're going to get into some marketing and lead generation, how to attract uh, you know some some buyers and, and sellers strategies. We're going to talk about geo leads and circle prospecting. And we're going to talk about some excellent ways that you can go virtual uh, in, in your business, some virtual tools and strategies that you can utilize for things like open houses and showings and community buildings and, and other techniques. So got a lot of valuable information coming your way. Uh, before we get going, I just want to remind the audience that this is a participatory event. So whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or on our Red X website, if you have any questions for Alex, chat them in and we're going to do our best to get them answered. Uh, so Alex, uh, before we jump into kind of the meat of our discussion, will you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, how you got started and how things yeah. are going for you?
1: Yeah, we'll try to make this as brief as possible. Um I've been selling real estate now since 2003, got licensed as soon as I turned 20 years old. And to be honest with you, I got licensed cause I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. I was going to school full time. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do as a major. So I was really kind of a little bit lost, but my dad was a real estate agent and he was flipping houses. So he wasn't really working with the public. He was investing. So I've been in real estate in construction my whole life. It's actually how we spent most of our time together was renovating homes. So he was he he had attracted a couple of agents to his brokerage, and they were working from the basement of our house. And my dad said, "All right, you know I've got two kids. You got lenders popping by, home inspectors popping by. So let's move it to a real small office." And uh, that was it. You know, he moved to an office, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to school. I'm working at the Sports Authority full time." Um, I'm thinking about getting my license, maybe I can help you out. Because without a license, there's not much you can do in real estate, right? You really can't even right. answer the phone and answer customers. So I said, I'll get my license. And that was it. I got my license about uh, 90 days in, I had my first sale, and I was hooked. You know, you, you, you're 20 years old, you're, you're working for, I don't know, at that time, we're going back to 2003. So maybe $8 an hour, something like that. And uh, you get that first commission, it was like five or six grand, and I was hooked. I was like, wait a minute, I might be on to something here with the you know, the ability to earn some really good money. I like the flexibility, kind of being my own boss. So uh, that was that's really where I was hooked and um, sold real estate through the rest of college. And then in 2005, after I graduated, I realized I was missing something. See, my dad flipped houses. He wasn't like a broker who had run a brokerage and... and so I had no training, had no idea what I was doing. I was doing everything, trial and error. I right. bought everything. If there was a seminar, I went, I bought the books, I bought the DVDs, I bought the courses because I was trying to figure stuff out. And that's really stressful. It's really expensive. And sometimes you just get burnt out and feel like you're not succeeding because you know nothing's really working the way that the, the guy on stage told you, here's a magic pill, right? right. So um, I said, I know what I'm missing. I'm missing training. So I bought a Remax franchise. I was 22 years old. I was their youngest franchise owner of Remax New England at that time. And five years, I consumed every bit of training they offered, every coach, every guru. And that's really where I started to build my foundation was through coaching, training, watching other people who were successful. And that was probably the thing that kind of differentiated me, right? Like I saw that somebody else could do it, and my immediate thing was if they could do it, I know I can do it. So mm-hmm. I kind of are indeed ripped off and duplicated a lot of people and well, um, yeah. <laughs> you know found success at a young age selling real estate and then the market crashed in two thousand eight. like anybody who went through that, that was a tough time. Um, you know, did everything I could just to keep the doors open in the real estate office. I mean, we were putting in about three to five thousand a month in losses just to keep the doors open. Uh, so that was a tough time, but you learn a lot. You learn to be resourceful. You learn to pivot your financial model as a business owner. We went to short sales. I got myself and my entire brokerage certified in short sales. And we ended up getting written up in our local newspaper. And that was a game changer because we were helping the community and people started calling us and uh, we, we were charging upfront fees, which you know were the things that allowed us to, to maintain and get through that, that tough cycle. And then, um, you know, 2014, I was offered a position to move to Dallas, Texas, to uh, work with a company called the National Association of Expert Advisors. You guys know Mike and Jay. Uh, they've been on uh, e, uh, Red X for a while, going many years back. So they brought me into town and they said, hey, you know, there's an opportunity we'd you know, like you to coach some of our people or we're even thinking about starting this brokerage. And that's that, uh, you know, we'll get into that a little bit today. But that's what ended up happening is I moved down here and created a brand new brokerage in Dallas uh, with Michael Reese in 2016. And we went from scratch startup to 268 sales in 12 months for just under 2.3 million in GCI. So it's been it's been a hell of a ride. I can tell you that.
0: That's excellent. Well, thank you, uh, Alex. That's an amazing story. And a few things that I want to point out that I loved about that is, is um, like a lot of agents, like a lot of new agents, you described being kind of lost or not knowing how to get started, not knowing where to, you know, kind of plant your roots and, and and make that business grow. I think that's a super relatable story for a lot of agents, especially a lot of newer agents, and that and that you survived, right? It was all about whether it was the OA crash or whether it was those, those you know, kind of rough beginnings. It's all about putting in the hard work, putting your nose to the grindstone and and really, you know, working hard and learning as much as you can to, to get where you are. Um, so I love that. I, I kind of want to talk about um, you surviving that 08 crash and and, and, the, and the, the recession back then, because I think a, there's a lot of parallels to what we're seeing now where, where business is rough. People don't think there's, you know, there's business to be had in many situations. You described that you pivoted. Um, you survived, you found new ways like these short sales to get back into the business. Could you go into a little bit more detail there of, of, you know, kind of that survival mindset and what agents can maybe do today if if they feel like they need to enter that survival mode to, to get rolling there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great topic. So, um, you know, there's the power of choice. Everybody who's listening to this, you decide what the outcome is. Like, you can look at everything as a problem. Oh, the market is, is, is tanking. Oh, you know, there's co- COVID and the pandemic. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's where your focus goes is where your attention goes and where your energy goes. So hmm. if all you do is focus on the, what you can't do, you're just going to kind of, you know, you're just going to wish that into reality and limit yourself and handcuff yourself more so than probably what's realistically the truth in your market. So you just got to make a decision and, and you just ask yourself a different question. And you simply just say, okay, here's my challenge. Where's the opportunity in the current challenges in the market? Well, in 2008, you know, it was people were losing their house to foreclosure 50, 60% 50 60% of our entire MLS was either a foreclosure or some type of short sale. So the mm-hmm. opportunity was in short sale. It wasn't traditional sale, it was short sale. The opportunity was work with more buyers versus sellers at that time because buyers could kind of get the deal that worked best for them. They didn't have to worry about multiple offer situation and short sale You know, these were people who wanted to maintain, you know, their credit score as much as possible. They didn't want a foreclosure on their record. Uh, They were just looking for another alternative. So there was this new market that arose from that. So it's just simply looking at what's the opportunity. And we're going to talk about this today with, with Geo Leads because most markets right now, the big. So there's two really big problems I see agents have today. And we're going to nail both of them today. Number one, lack of inventory. I believe geo leads and geo farming can solve that. Number two is half the people are so worried about COVID that they're putting their plans of buying and selling on hold. And I think there's a virtual side of the business that solves a lot of those people's challenges. So you need to be resourceful and you need to be able to provide a solution to people's biggest challenges today.
0: I love that. And I love that, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna requote you there. Where there's change or where there's challenges, there's opportunity, right? Where there's challenges, there's opportunity. And and I, I love how you tied those two together where yeah, back then the opportunity was those short sales. Well, now the opportunity is exactly what you said, low inventory, kind of these, these, these perceptions of the market that you know, might be more true in some markets than others, but that it's a challenge and all you need to do is find the opportunity around that. I love it. Well, let's let's jump into the kind of the first part of what you described there is the lack of inventory and how that can be solved through geo leads and circle prospecting. I think every agent kind of has their own approach or, or kind of the common approaches to circle prospecting, whether it's door knocking or just listed, just sold calls or, or community building, there's a ton of stuff that's pretty common. What are some of your top ways that you can make up for this lack of inventory using a product like Geo Leads or a strategy like circle prospecting?
1: Yeah, so let me go back to how we discovered this because we started okay. doing this in 2016. So it's really Perfect. been talked about a lot in the last maybe two years, three years, but we've been doing it for for several years now. So when I started that brokerage in Dallas, we were partnering with agents and I made them a promise. This is how crazy, to join my partnership brokerage, you had to write me a check for $10,000. Think about that. Wow. My offer in exchange was, I'm gonna make you the dominant agent in your market, focused on listings. So agents wanted that. Well, we were spending 10, 12, 15 grand a month buying leads, realtor.com, Zillow, you name it. And we were heavy on Facebook. We were really early on Facebook. And I know a lot of people listening are gonna be shocked to hear this. Facebook couldn't spend our daily or monthly budget in some of our markets. Believe it or not, there were some markets we would say, "Hey, we're giving you five grand a month," and they would spend a thousand or two thousand or three thousand. They didn't have enough impressions to sell.
0: So, were they spending that on like Facebook marketing ads or what? what, Yeah, we were doing
1: a we were doing a lot of Facebook marketing, like traditional marketing. The seller find out how much your home is worth. Go to this landing page. Mm -hmm. And there were certain markets, not every market, but certain markets where there wasn't enough activity where Facebook couldn't spend our marketing budget, believe it or not. People are shocked when I tell them that, but we would look at like Dallas and they would suck up our budget in a day. And we would go to like Southlake, Texas, and they'd spend 30% of our monthly budget. So I had situations where I had agents just rocking and rolling in certain markets and other agents who we couldn't get that traction. So we said, okay, we need to to pivot and find an opportunity. So what we said was, okay, what if we identify the neighborhoods in every market that have an above average turnover rate? And we use six or 7%. If a neighborhood has an annual sales turnover rate of 7% or more, we would target those people. So we started identifying all those top turnover neighborhoods. Then the question was, great, if we know we have a higher probability and chance of finding sellers now because we're targeting, question is, how do we get in front of those people? We could have spent 10, 15 grand a month on mail, direct mail and stuff, but that's expensive. We were already exhausting our budget, so we needed to be resourceful. Well, what about if you could go get every homeowner in a neighborhood, their name, their phone number, and you can get it for a penny or two a record. Right. Now budget is no longer an issue. So that's exactly what we did. We loaded up our dialers with top turnover neighborhoods and we started circle prospecting. And what we were looking for is, is somebody looking to buy or sell now and if not, our immediate downsell was Are you looking to do something in the next 12 months? And, you know, obviously more people were looking to do something in 12 months than we're looking to do something right now. So we called those people our nurture leads, which means they've identified themselves as a potential future seller. It's now our responsibility to nurture them until they either tell us to stop. Or they list and sell their house, right? So we would make eighteen to twenty thousand outbound dials every week uh, through our call center that I built, and uh, that's how we ended up closing nearly three hundred transactions because we found an crazy inexpensive lead source that wasn't tied to Google or Facebook. We controlled it by identifying the neighborhoods we wanted to target, which means we could target by price point. So if the average sales price in the market was 300, we could increase our agent's average to 400 or 500 because we would target higher price point neighborhoods. So you have so much control over your business. You can target the neighborhoods you want, the sales prices you want, gives you a lot of control in the business. And that's what we did and we started to develop our nurture campaign. So we circled, prospected like mad. And at that time, I'm gonna be honest, it wasn't a just listed or just sold. It was a single question survey and it was, hey, this is Alex, I'm calling from the city of Frisco doing a home ownership survey in your neighborhood. Have you had any plans of selling in the next 12 months? And we That's your whole script? It. That was it. Just That's blow amazing. through. Now, if somebody said yes, then we had a series of what we would call nurture qualifiers. So not everybody is a, a potential nurture lead. They need to be selling. Oh, really, I'm curious. What's making you think about selling in the future? They needed a legitimate reason or motivation in timeframe. So they needed to be doing it in a year or less. They needed a legitimate time frame. And they had to allow us to follow up with them. So we would ask them when would be a more appropriate time to touch base with you in the future. They gave us a follow-up date. So we weren't the pesky agent cold calling right. in the future. And then obviously, hey, do you, have a, do you have an amazing real estate agent to help you when the time is right? No, we don't. So now there was a viable opportunity to earn their business. If somebody checked all those boxes, that's when they became a nurture in our database. Then we would do things like send out a handwritten thank you note. We would send out a monthly market update report, and we would then just do touch you know, touching in phone calls with them and until they were ready to to, like I said, either sell their house with us or they sold with somebody else or they told us their plans changed.
0: That's amazing. And I think that's super relevant to what's going on right now with the pandemic and covid is is okay, there's a lack of inventory, but people are still buying and selling houses. So how do you find those people? You do exactly what you did, you just call and ask them, very straightforward. So let's take that script, and and we'll kind of do this on the fly here, but can we take that script and kind of Covidify it, or do you think it works the same? Or what would you do to kind of create that context and that emphasis towards, you know, hey, the market's really hot right now, I think we could get your home sold really easily, like how how would you adjust the script for today in our, our current
1: situation? Yeah, so two things. I will say we we focused on the, um, this is a little, we focused on the survey because there's a little caveat with the do not call list and I'll talk to your right. broker, do the right thing. Don't of take course. my word for it. But you know how we all get these political phone calls and their surveys and you're on the do not call list. So we really walked the tight wire here, I will say. so. Okay. You know, I'm just telling you how we did it. I'm not saying it's right. But we introduced the survey, which really allowed us to make the phone calls, right? right? So if you're not worried about that or you're scrubbing the do not call list and you're calling in today's market, I think you hit on just calling out the obvious, You know, hey, this is Alex with eXp. I was just giving a quick call through your neighborhood. I'm sure you're aware how hot the market is. And right now we're struggling to help home buyers find good property. So I was just curious have you thought about making a move in the next 12 months and selling Mm -hmm. your home? No, you haven't. Well, Hey, thanks for your time. I'm wondering, do you know any of your neighbors who may be thinking about making a move? You know, so it's you, your neighbors. And then this is really important. This is where I think people miss the biggest opportunity with the circle prospect is you want to create a database of people that you could build a relationship and relationship slash brand. So, you can kind of commingle that you got to become the dominant agent the agent who's on people's mind in your market if not they'll forget they they will forget about you they'll use whoever they speak to last so the transition is hey i really appreciate your time andrew you know we actually have a real estate market update month uh, report that goes out once a month via email, keeps you current on what's happening, the local real estate sales and trends in your market. Your neighbors love it. Would you like me to include you on that list? Now, I use the word inclusion because nobody likes to be left out, right? Everybody right. wants to be part of a click or the in, inner, inside group. Sure. So I phrase it that way specifically. So people are like, yeah, go ahead and include me. And then I say, great. What's the best email to send that to? Now I know who you are because I've got your information from Red X and the, you know, the geo lead. So I've got your address, your name, your phone number and your email. What more can you want from a lead? Right. And now think about all the things I can do with that. I can email you monthly market update reports. I can put you on my just listed, just sold geo farming postcard campaign. I can drop you a text. I can give you a call. I've got all forms of communication open with you now.
0: I love that. I love that and I love the mindset of um and you know correct me if I'm wrong here but it seems like rather than a lot of agents hate the idea of cold calling, right? It's productive, it can do it can bring you good business but but it's a little bit tedious especially with expireds or other angrier homeowners, you get rejected a lot, you get a lot of objections um but with this you're not necessarily cold calling. You're kind of survey calling, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not to it's not to find buyers and sellers right now. I mean, it is, but it's more about let me build my database so that you know. And 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 the survey is the best way to kind of sort your database into the warmer versus colder leads. There, I love that.
1: Yep. Yeah, and it works really, really well. It is a longer term play, right? But this is sure. a great play for people who don't have huge marketing budgets,
0: right? Because right.
1: here's the thing, real estate is a contact sport. Your income is gonna be in direct proportion to the amount of people you talk to about buying or selling houses, period. Sure. So if you can't afford to go buy you know, $300 Zillow leads, um, you need an alternative. Talk to people about what's happening in the market, become the market advisor, become the expert, build this database, because now you get to market to that database. You get to position yourself as somebody who's helpful, energetic, the market expert, the knowledge broker. And when they're ready to do something, that immediately catapults you to the top.
0: Right, right. And I I love the idea of this long-term play, right? Because I think a lot of new agents, especially get in and expect kind of immediate business and they might sell a couple homes to their friends or family. But the idea is if you want a long-term sustainable business, you need that database and you need to be patient and and play that kind of long-term game because when you do you pack that pipeline, you build up that funnel, then you have business, then you can build your sphere of influence, then you can really rock and roll with long-term business.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. You used the word pipeline. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what everybody needs to understand. If you wanna get out of this real estate roller coaster, the only way to do it is to have a sustainable pipeline. So the reason why we focused on nurtures is because every person had a next action date and they were all different so i might have 40 people in january 10 people in february but i always had somebody who said call me this date and because mm. i had packed my sales pipeline with nurture opportunities i always had a good warm follow up call and somebody was willing and ready to do something but again in the beginning you, you know you're going to you're going to get lucky once in a while so you have to understand You know, whether you're buying leads or you're circle prospecting, if you're buying Google leads, any reputable, honest person is going to tell you, hey, if you convert one, two percent, that's about what you should expect. Mm -hmm. So you got to call 100 people anyway to get one deal. Right. So we're not talking about anything that's substantially way different with circle prospecting if you truly understand the conversion numbers when it comes to lead generation.
0: Sure. The more the merrier. The, the 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 more packed your pipeline is, and the and the more patient you're willing to be, the more turnaround you're going to see in that long term.
1: Yeah, so. you'll get to a point where they're not cold calls. You have so many nurture follow ups. You're focused on building the relationship at that point. Yes. So there's coming to a true. tipping point where you have so many people that are, you're following up with. You don't have to pound the phones for twenty hours a, a, a week trying to fill the pipeline. It's full.
0: Yeah, I love it. So we we got your initial call script. Let's talk more about this follow-up aspect of it. Let's say someone is in your nurture campaign for 6, 12, maybe 18 or 24 months. What do those follow-up calls look like? Um, or even the emails and the newsletters and other stuff you send?
1: Yeah, so I do a monthly market update report and I use BombBomb. Okay. So I do it because I think if you're not leveraging video – in all aspects of your real estate business you're already outdated right everything i do is with bomb 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 is on my phone if i get a lead i'll call it immediately if i don't if they don't pick up guess what i do hey it's alex i'll shoot a bomb bomb and i'll text it to them and you know how many people respond because of these bomb bomb videos because nobody else is doing it they get to see who you are you're a real person And you know, what's what's happening with communication over the phone is they're only hearing really the words and the tonality that you're saying, but they're not getting a feel of who you are, your body language, which is the largest percentage of communication. When you flip on the video, they get to see you. They get to see your facial expressions, how you communicate, what you look like. And to me, you are your brand. Like Keller Williams, EXP, Remax, I don't care who's on your shingle. You need to stop promoting them. People do business with you. The reason I got out of my Remax franchise, it was a five-year franchise agreement. On the last day of the fifth year, I was the happiest person in the world. Not because they're a bad company. I realized nobody calls me because of the balloon on my side. They call me because Alex has a proven repeatable home selling system. My buyers, you know, I had guarantees in the market of doing business. And I had I had what you know, what we call unique selling propositions or sure. differentiated value statements on why people would do business with me. That's why people call. Look at the top dogs in your market. People know them by name, not the not the company they work for. So I think right. that that that's really important and that's why video is really important because you are your brand. You want people to say I see you everywhere. That's yeah. that's the game changer. in your business. And even more
0: than I see you everywhere, I feel like I know you from seeing you everywhere. Right. And I yeah. love that differentiation that you that you made there is, OK, voice calls are good. Right. You get a little bit more tone. You get a little bit more empathy, a little bit more feeling. How do you increase that even more? Well, you add a video or a visual aspect to it, which I think is the perfect segue to get into some of this virtual real estate talk, right? Um, this is one of the obvious benefits is that is that you can get yourself in front, whether it's a follow-up video, whether it's Facebook ads, whether it's live streams, uh, virtual open houses and showings and stuff. Let's kind of transition into that now that we know how to do some of the circle prospecting. Um, how are you staying on top of that virtually? Yeah,
1: so to me, this is amazing. Uh, What the outcome of the pandemic and having to go virtual, I love it because I've been virtual almost my whole career. So I've been one of those people who leverages technology. So like real estate, most people probably got into real estate. Why? Because you wanted flexibility in your schedule, right? And what's the first thing you lose when you get into real estate? Flexibility in your schedule. You're working like crazy. You're on your phone at your kid's soccer game. You're not present. So how do you get out of that? You get out of that with leverage and, Mm -hmm. you know, you could leverage with people, but that becomes an expense, right? You got to pay somebody's salary or you can get leverage with technology. So that's why I use an automated bomb bomb video goes out once a month. I record one video. It's good for the month. It goes out to everybody in my nurture, everybody in my past client sphere of influence. So it's like set it and forget it. And with virtual, I've already been doing these things like leveraging Zoom. Um, Everybody here should go get a free Zoom account. It's free. Don't get the paid version. And if you did get the paid version, it's $15, right? Like it's a tool. It's a resource in your tool bag that you better have now. But using Zoom. So I'm taking more Zoom buyer consultations because I – I, I make people meet me in my, my office. Like I'm an old school. Like I give you so much value on what I can do for you as an agent. I say, great, when's a good time for us to get together? I have my buyers come meet me, right? This way I can get their commitment. Well, now I do it via Zoom. How easy is that? I don't have to drive to the office. They don't have to drive to the office. And if they have kids, guess what? They're a Zoom expert because they're having to do school from home right now. So the whole resistance of, oh, I don't know how to use that technology gone. The consumer all knows how to use it now. So it's making our life easier. So you can do consultations via Zoom. You can do tours. You know, people have a laptop. Hey, do me a favor, pick up your laptop, turn it around, show me the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Think about all the cool stuff you can do now. Uh, Leveraging video. You know, if you've got a consumer who's looking to buy, and I actually had a gentleman coming in from Hawaii, bought a house, sight unseen. It's, it happens every day.
0: He and never stepped foot on the property. He
1: never, never. He lived in Hawaii. Yeah. So think about all the secondary markets. People in secondary markets have been doing this forever because a lot of their clientele obviously doesn't live in their market. Sure. So they've been leveraging video walkthroughs, all this stuff, their whole career. It's their norm. So you could actually look at secondary markets. If you know an agent there, pick their brain. Hey, how have you converted people considering they're not in your market, right? It's very similar in the use of technology. So leverage video, you got an out of town buyer or do you have a buyer who's really nervous about COVID and doesn't wanna go look at 50 houses? Let's get on a Zoom, let's showcase the houses, let's have them pick out their top three. And maybe you go shoot a walkthrough video. Or maybe you go there and you do a FaceTime with them or something, or you do a Zoom live stream with them where you walk through the house, you give them the tape measure, you like you, you answer all their questions. You spend 30 minutes in the house, but you leverage it all video. Now they feel safe. You know, so all of these things are possible. Open houses, like schedule an open house using Zoom. You don't even have to do them in person. Right. Like, think about you got to start thinking outside the box. You know, I love the open house strategy right now. Think you're crazy if you're not trying it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's break down that open house strategy, because one question that comes to my mind is whenever I go to an open house, I love exploring the house on my own. Sometimes I don't want the real estate agent right on my back pointing out the perks. I kind of want to discover those perks for myself. Um, so how do you find the balance between? Informing the uh, you know potential buyer, the people who are at the open house, while not being too invasive, but also getting the opportunity to maybe jump off one on one with them to answer any questions. Right? Is the, are these kind of one off open houses, or is it? Do you have a group of people on the Zoom call? How does that look?
1: Yeah. So you could do all your open house marketing like you historically have done, whether right. it be on your MLS, whether it be on uh, Zillow Realtor. Um, if you run traffic via Facebook or anything, what you do is you run them to a landing page. The landing page is Zoom and Mm. it's a registration. So Zoom will allow you to click one button that says before somebody gets access, they have to register. Give me Mm. their name, their email, their phone number. We now have a lead. And you can register Sunday's open house in advance. Whether they show up to the Zoom or not,
0: you already have the lead. Yeah, and they've already seen the house. What's that? And they've already kind of seen the house, right?
1: So I'm using it. So, two different ways you could do on demand, or you could do an actual scheduled open house. Right. Like, guys, we're going, we're doing a live virtual open house this Saturday from one to two. Register below and view the open house from the comfort of your own home. They do that, they register, they get all the email reminder sequences from Zoom. Mm-hmm. And then at Saturday at one o'clock, They go to the Zoom meeting, I open my laptop, I welcome them all through and I say, guys, I'm gonna turn the laptop around, I'm gonna give you a walkthrough. You can unmute yourself if you wanna see a specific feature in the home. If you want a room size, I've got my tape measure. This is fully interactive. And then at the end, if you have any questions, here's where we can talk offline.
0: So it's like one to many. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean that addresses all my questions I had there is okay. I don't really want an agent pointing out all the things. I want to kind of think for myself there. Oh, well, we've got the, you know, the the pre-recorded one or you've got the house that you can go click through online. Okay, well now I do have questions for the agent. I can get those in the group setting or like you said, call you afterward and and get those get those questions answered and does that kind of help you to know who's a more serious lead versus a less serious lead either way they're all leads you have their information but
1: they're all leads i mean you know what's cool is if somebody's registering to view an open house via Mm -hmm. zoom uh there's probably some good motivation there right like why else would they register two or three days in advance and then jump on a zoom for a specific house so what you do is you make them an offer at the end and say guys just so you know We have a COVID safety showing protocol. So if you are interested in seeing this home, we book one appointment so nobody else is in the home. They're 30 minute increments. We come in, we wipe down all surfaces and door handles. Everybody wears a mask. Everybody puts on booties as they walk through the home. And then when you're done, we wipe everything back out. So we have these protocols in place for safety for all of our clients. If you're interested in seeing this home one-on-one and you want to book your own 30 minute private tour call me text me whatever your call to action is going to be so you entice them online and you ultimately want to drive them to one-on-one that's you know that's that's where we are best is when we're working with clients but you have to understand not everybody feels comfortable to go tour a home texas is you know probably 70 30. 70%, you know, wild, wild west. Yeah, I'm looking at homes. like, That's just how it is here. It's a different market. There are some markets that are still locked down. And if you're in a lockdown market, you could either do nothing and watch your business go away. Or you can say, hmm, how could I do this? Let's go virtual. Let's do video. Uh, Here's a gangster strategy. I use 3D Matterport. Mm -hmm. How about if you did a 3D Matterport walkthrough?
0: I love those. I love those.
1: I think that is a great open house strategy where you could actually click on the little tape measure. Yep. So you could zoom in, zoom out, you can show them the the 3D dollhouse and how the room flows. I mean, that's like doing a tour of a home.
0: Yeah. Totally. So, and and sometimes even better cuz you can zoom way out and get that kind of birds-eye view of it. Like you said, the flow of the house. I love the idea though. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go back to what you said about being on a zoom call with a tape measure is there are certain things that you just can't, you don't think you'd be able to accomplish through a virtual zoom type scenario. But one of those is like, yeah, I got to know how much space I've got. You saw that with a tape measure. Are there any other kind of hangups, maybe, you know, any drawbacks to doing zoom that you've found effective solutions for like the tape measure?
1: No, I think there's really no drawbacks. I think as an agent, you know, it's pretty great because you're not sitting at an eight hour open house anymore.
0: Right. You know, you can
1: control. And here's the cool thing. With Zoom, you can record it. Mm. Record it. Go throw it up on your YouTube channel, you know, because YouTube is owned by Google. So think of search terms. Right. You know, homes for sale in Frisco, 123 Main Street. Do all these things that are going to help people organically find it. And then here you are, the agent that's got, you know, if you got five listings, you got five virtual walkthroughs. You know, it's just being different in your market. Um, I'd upload it to my Facebook channel, Mm -hmm. my personal page and business page. I'd upload it to YouTube, I'd upload it to LinkedIn. Um, if it's relatively, you know, short, maybe YouTube TV, I think they go up 14, 15 minutes, something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, or not YouTube TV. I'm sorry. Instagram TV. Instagram, like, yep. You can be really creative. You know, the thing mm-hmm. is you've got to be a content player. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. It becomes the content, right? We call it becoming the, the expert advisor. Like how do you become the go-to agent in your market? Somebody that people seek out. You got to be the knowledge broker. So I shoot, you know, ton of educational based videos and I post them everywhere because if one person finds it and calls you because you put out the content about like, you know, the top three things to get your home to do to your exterior of your home before the spring real estate market hits. Yeah. Answer common questions in your market, common questions your past clients have had. You know, keep a journal of the, the questions you get emailed to you by your clients. Answer all those, create content around them.
0: Yeah. could you, could you give us a few more examples of those common questions that maybe some some of the viewers could go and, and, and make content out of
1: uh, sellers what do sellers want to know Seasonality when's mm-hmm. the best time to sell my home right That's a common question everybody almost gets in their market. Um, I always I always like to pull like the the you know the top five you know renovations that bring you back the most return on your investment. You know, so you pull those things. I'm constantly, you know, I'm doing Google. um, What is that? Uh, Google, not trends, Google alerts, where I get the email each night on a specific Google topic. So you can set up Google. So they'll email you. So I have like Frisco real estate market as my search. Mm. Anything that matches that, Google sends me an email every night. Here's all the research in all the articles that had Frisco real estate market in it set those up for like housing updates, you know, what's happening in your market. And then just talk to people about those things. Uh, That really helps create a ton of endless content.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, That's awesome, Alex. Well, uh, we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here. Um, I wanted to touch on one last subject. Actually, you know, we're going to keep going here for a few more minutes because there's, there's a couple more things I wanted to touch on. One is leveraging tech. Um, you described BombBomb, you described Zoom, and you described Matterport. Is there any other vital technology that you would recommend to agents getting into a virtual world?
1: Uh, for virtual, no. I think keeping it really simple. Don't overdo it, especially if you're, if you're a single agent trying to do this on your own. Don't get overwhelmed by the tech your cell phone is probably the most powerful tool you have. If you got one of these new iPhones, it shoots in 4K. The quality of the video is insane. Right. So everything I do is on my um, is on my phone. If you look at any video I've ever done, any any app, it's all done on my phone. Um, maybe if you're gonna do video from any of your properties, get a really inexpensive lav mic. You know that hooks up. Mm-hmm. Uh, get yourself like a 10 or 12 foot cord. And that's really it. I have a $20 tripod and a $7 mic because audio is really important. I will say that, you know, good pictures important but you don't wanna be one of those agents who shoots a video and it sounds like, you know they're in a wind tunnel, right? Like get yourself a decent quality mic if you're gonna shoot video. Um, but that's it. I think Zoom gets the job done. Your cell phone yeah. gets your, the job done. Um, there's really not much, you know I will say when it comes to circle prospecting you have to get yourself a dialer. Do not try to do this on your cell phone. It's so ineffective. I will blow past you when we're making three to four dials to your one. Right. Like you can't do it. I, when I work with agents and I partner with them, we focus on building profitable businesses that scale and that are enjoyable. When it comes to scalability, that's systems and processes, something like a dialer is how you can scale because instead of making 30 calls an hour you're making 90 calls an hour that's a huge difference when you think well i prospect 10 times a week if i make an extra 60 dials times 10 times how many weeks that like it's huge it's exponential it's not even a fair ball game so just you know i would say that's that's a must-have piece of technology
0: love it i love it well hey um one last thing is i i want to see if i mean we've touched on circle prospecting we've touched on all the strategies there how you can implement that implement that with virtual and go in virtual for all these things i want to see if there's any last thoughts that you want to leave with our audience any final advice whether it's you know tips scripts tools whatever it is let's give you your last word before we wrap up today
1: yeah so if you are brand new no lead flow circle prospect absolutely pick good neighborhoods neighborhoods you want listings in Look at the turnover rate. You know, if there's 100 homes and only one sell a year, don't call that, you're killing killing yourself. Right. If you are already doing some business, I would focus your circle prospecting on what I call event-based prospecting only. I circle prospect when I've got nothing. When I have something like a listing, event-based prospecting is worth your time. When you get a listing, you call to tell the neighborhood it's coming soon. When you have an open house, you call to invite the neighbors and anybody they might know. When you sell the home, you call and say, I sold it. There are other buyers looking in the neighborhood that missed out on this deal. Do you know anybody else? And the reason is when one home sells, there's usually one, two, or three more that are popping up in the next couple of months. If you had circle prospect around your listings, three times, like I just talked about. And then maybe you sent out a postcard or a mailer. You now have made five to seven touches in a neighborhood in a very condensed period of time. You're gonna exponentially increase how many people who do decide to sell, say, hey, I'm curious about what my home would be worth. So when you're doing nothing brand new, circle prospect, top turnover. Once you have listings, I'm always about what's the most efficient use of my time event-based prospecting, in my opinion, outweighs randomly calling neighbors, okay? Um, So that's the little shift that we do when we generate listings because we want to target the neighborhood to become the dominant brand, the go-to agent in the neighborhood. So I would make that little shift and I would work that really, really, really hard. And it's about how many impressions and touches you can make in in a, you know, pretty condensed time period, especially if you get a great result or you have a multiple offer, you sold it in a day or you sold it over asking price. You know, those things are what people want to know. And uh, again, you're building your nurture database through that. But uh, that's the one caveat that I, I, I always tell people. Once you get past, you get in some business, let's really focus in on the neighborhoods where you have a deal and become the dominant agent. Because if you can go get 10% in one neighborhood, then you duplicate that into neighborhood two, neighborhood three, neighborhood four, next thing you look up, you know you're the top dog in the, in the market. and that and that's how you do it. You attack the neighborhoods first. Don't go from 30,000 foot view because you not, might not have the budget to compete at that level yet.
0: I love it. That's That's amazing advice, Alex. Thank you so much. And as we as we kind of close here, I know you've got a book that we wanted to mention and we'll link to, and then you you had another landing page. Will you tell the audience a little bit about those and we'll post the links?
1: Yeah, so uh, specifically what we're talking about with geo leads, we call it the the dominant neighborhood agent strategy. How do you take over a neighborhood, become the dominant go to agent? So I laid out a ten step framework, and our conversation today actually fits really well into that because you got to nice. get the content from doing geo leads, you got to create your first listing, you got to do the event based prospecting. So it lays out how you do that and make all of those touches and all of those approaches in the neighborhood. So uh, I know we'll have a link. It's the uh, dominantneighborhoodagent.com. Um, it'll send you a PDF version. You guys can go take a look at it. It's just the flow chart of the 10 steps, exactly how you do
0: it. Perfect. I just posted that in the uh, YouTube chat here. I'll also put it in the Facebook and then uh, tell the audience about your book too. And I'll link that up. Yeah, so
1: everything that, we've, that I've learned over my now 17 year career, Um, with lead generation, scripts. You know, what you say matters. Um, Some scripts work better than others. Some lead sources are better than others. Some depend on the amount of budget you can allocate. So I wrote a book called How to Dominate Your Market and Become the Go-To Listing Agent, right? And the whole strategy is focused on listings, focused on all the different lead strategies and pillars that you can go attack. We share in the book some of the best scripts and conversion... It's what we did at partner in 2016, a lot of those strategies. It's what I've learned from coaching with and for some of the best brains in real estate. and it's really boiled down to the stuff that actually worked. You know I mentioned yeah. earlier, I tried everything and that almost ran me out of the business because I was trying crap that didn't work. So this really boils it down to things that we've tested, I've done, um, you know, we ran in our own business and, and that we still use today.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you, Alex. We've got both of those links posted in the chats there. So for the audience, they can go check those out. Uh, If you're listening to this only, you can go to theredx.com and check our podcast link, go to Alex's video, you'll find all the links there. Um, So Alex, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this valuable information with our audience. Uh, If anyone watching or listening would like to continue the conversation online, Go check out the Red X Elite Prospectors group on Facebook, or if you're a customer, head over to the forum, uh, the Red X uh, forum.theredx.com. And if you're new to the podcast and want to catch up on some past episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you like to listen. Just search for the Red X podcast and subscribe to be notified there. And uh, we will be back next Thursday, same time, same place. Alex, again, thank you so much. Man, I had a blast. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk to you later. See you, everyone.